Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Ah, it's a Tuesday all-star game tonight in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us on a Tuesday part of your day. J-Mac, a lot of things going on. You know, people sometimes say you guys don't talk a ton of baseball, and we do when it's urgent. There's no Tawny topic to talk about. Yesterday we had Derek Jeter on the show. Postseason baseball, obviously a lot of urgency and stars. Mm-hmm. Little Braves thought today is they're easily the best team at the All-Star break. Wow. But sometimes when two or three two or three things happen, uh, you know, within a 48-hour period, right, it's not a coincidence, right? Would you yeah, agree with that? Totally agree, yeah. Something's happening. Something's up. So here we go. In like a 48, 72-hour period, Greg Popovich signs a gigantic contract with the Spurs, and they suddenly pull Wemby out of the Summer League. Why? Because by signing Popovich to a long deal, highly lucrative, making sure everybody knows about it, they are telling Nike, agents, the NBA, casuals, diehards, media, We do not care what you think about Wemby. It's going to be a slow, methodical build. Minute restrictions, game restrictions. We don't care about the rookie of the year. We do not care. He will be methodically developed. We are the franchise that created load management. And wait until you get a load of this. They built a $500 million campus. It's called the Human Performance Campus. Wemby and his dad have been there. They built this to get the most out of athletes. Keep them strong. Keep them developed. Keep them around for as long as they can. Now, Greg Popovich can be really stubborn. 
I don't think he embraces some of the young players. It's a new world. They're more empowered. He doesn't like the three-point shot. But I agree with him. And I have said from the beginning, when you get 18, 19-year-olds, and they're 7-2, 7-3, it's Wemby, it's Chet Holmgren, you cannot play them 82 games. They're playing in you know, a French league where you play one game a week. Your travel is extensive. Now it's national travel. It's 82 games. There's preseason. They're going to pull them off the floor a lot, and it's going to anger the NBA a lot, and they don't care. Saw that picture about two weeks ago, Duncan and David Robinson and Manu Ginobili and Sean Elliott, Spurs legends. That was also a signal to the NBA. We're doing it our way. We're surrounding him with our culture and our guys. Those are all very coachable players. That Kawhi Leonard situation, they just changed the way they thought. They had an old school approach. David Robinson and Duncan and Manu were old school, coachable, coach them hard. They understood the culture. Kawhi to them was difficult, wouldn't talk to the medical staff. It was always fuzzy and nebulous, and they didn't like it. And their takeaway is we dipped, but we got our next guy, and he is very old school. His dad is old school, and we're going to protect him. And they've got this $500 million campus, and they don't care. Years ago, 2012, at one point, Pop sat Tim Duncan. And on the DNP, when asked for the reason, they officially put down old just to poke the ribs of the NBA. They used to set players for big Sunday afternoon NBA games. It drove David Stern, the late David Stern, crazy. But they don't care. They don't care what Nike thinks. They don't care what the agents think. And they're protecting Pop. They're giving him a big contract because he's had several losing seasons in a row. It's just like Bill Belichick. You start having, regardless of how big a legend you are, you start having bad season after bad season after bad season. You get older. Some people like me and others in the media can start yelling, out of touch, doesn't embrace the three, can't get along with players. Owners hear all this stuff. So this is, and I totally agree with what the Spurs are doing here. Protect him, play him 55 games, try to play him as many at home as you can to reward your local fans, keep him off some road trips, put weight on him. I do not believe Wemby should be playing 70 games. I don't think, I don't know if he should be playing 65 games. But it is not a coincidence that Popovich signs a massive contract. They make sure the world knows. They pull him out of the summer league. They're going to control this thing. They're not going to let agents control it or shoe companies control it or the league to control it, nor should they. The Spurs are really good at this. They've done it before, over and over and again. And they're the best team in the league, arguably, with international players. The dad, Wemby, are all in. They'll be developed and protected. And uh, Rick Buecher, by the way, watched him at the Summer League. And, uh, you know, Rick and I went to dinner last night. We watched him at the Summer League. I think Rick and I felt the same way after watching him. He's better than I thought he was going to be. Boom! I could not be more impressed. He showed me everything I needed to see in game one. He didn't make shots. His floor vision is way better than I... I mean, I haven't seen him play. Like, you can play through him. And I'm not worried about his physicality at all. Because unlike Chet Holmgren, while he is skinny... He's, he's also very willowy. He's, he's very flexible. He takes hits. He goes down. He bounces right back up. Uh, he's going to be fantastic. All right, let's shift gears all-star game. Uh, Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball currently. And he'd be starting in this all-star game, but he's got a blister. It's not a big one, but it's a blister. 
And um, the big question about Otani, and it's a major one, is do the Angels just trade him knowing they will not be able to compete financially? Now, Orange County has a lot of money, but the stadium is outdated. I've been there a dozen times. It's fine. I don't really care. Dodger Stadium is more legendary. But Angel Stadium is not a big revenue driver, and they just can't compete. They don't have the TV deals of the Yankees. Uh, they don't have the revenue of the Dodgers or the Braves or the Astros. They make good money, but Otani's going to be the richest player ever because he's literally, you know, Aaron Judge plus an ace plus Mookie Beck speed. I mean, you could pay him $700 million, and, and he could fetch that. And baseball makes a lot of money. There's a huge inventory of games. The owners never open up their books. There's a reason for it. Those, those owners are making a fortune. Even the A's owner could complain he's making money. But the Angels are now 1-9 in nine in their last 10. Otani's the best player of the world, and he's basically buried. Once again, six years with Otani, they've never finished above 500. Forget the World Series. <laughs> Forget the playoffs. They've never finished above 500. And the Angels are thinking, because this happened with Mike Trout about three years ago, they got Mike Trout to stay in Anaheim. He liked living in Orange County. He's not a publicity hound. He likes to be hidden. You're semi-hidden. The weather's perfect. He was a New Jersey kid or an East Coast kid. He loved the weather. He didn't have to be a big star. The media is, you know, friendly down in Orange County. The Angels are their team. It's not the big, bustling, high-demand, high-scrutiny Dodgers where even Clayton Kershaw can be criticized. So they got Trout to bite on it. And they're thinking to themselves, maybe Otani will bite on it. But there is a quote in recent days where Otani has said, losing sucks. Would Trout, and this is the difference, Major League Baseball is not the NFL. It is not the NBA. There is no Michael Jordan-LeBron debate in Major League Baseball. It's about individual stats. It's why I know, as a non-baseball diehard, that Hank Aaron has like 755 home runs. Why do I know that? I don't know how many. Touchdown passes Brady has. I don't know how many points Michael Jordan finished with. The NBA is about rings and titles. The NFL is about Super Bowls. It's the way it works in sports. In golf, it was Tiger chasing Jack. It was defining him. He'll never be Jack. He's not Jack. In tennis, grand slams. Fetter over Sampras, over Nadal, over. But baseball's different. Ted Williams. No World Series titles. Nobody cares. Tony Gwynn, no World Series titles. Nobody cares. Ted Williams, consider the better baseball player than Derek Jeter. Jer Derek Jeter's got five rings. Ted Williams, none. But the greatest hitter of all time is considered Ted Williams. Baseball's about individual stats. Mike Trout has him. He's a legend. Otani, wherever he plays, will have him. We're not going to hold him accountable for his team because we understand how baseball works. You need great pitching. You need a great infield. You need a bullpen. You need some power, but not too much power. You need speed to take the extra base. We know baseball is heavily layered, and one great player can't win. We know that if Jeter was a Pittsburgh Pirate, he wouldn't have any rings. He was a Yankee, very crucial, but that's a big component to his five rings. The closer, the great player, the right manager – hitting in front of him, hitting behind him. You know, you Scott Brocious, Paul O'Neill, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, part of a collective. We don't think any one player, basketball, it's like Michael six for six, Russell 11 rings, Magic nine finals. 
It's different. Baseball is about the individual. So what's the pressure on Otani? Now, I, it would drive me crazy to get on a plane year after year after year knowing I'm going to lose a series. It would just get really old. But baseball is different, and we do not hold baseball stars to the same pressurized title or bust, title or bad reputation. Also, in California, you're closer to the Pacific Rim. The weather in the summer is dreadful in many places. It's perfect in Orange County. It's not a pressurized market. So there is no Manning and Brady debate in baseball or MJ or LeBron. And Mike Trout's like, I'll sign up. Yeah, maybe I can get more in the market, but nobody's going to bother me. I don't want 15 guys around the batting cage for the Yankees and the Mets. I don't want the pressure of other places. Even Los Angeles, the Dodgers, all they do is win. There is pressure on Dave Roberts. There was pressure on Clayton Kershaw. Mookie Betts has to deliver. They got rid of Cody Bellinger. They're getting ready to get Otani. It's about winning. A lot of pressure. There's not. There's not in Anaheim. It's not the way it works. So I think now the Nats let Bryce Harper go and didn't get anything. I thought it was a mistake. Juan Soto, they learned from that and said, okay, we're going to go get six guys. That's protecting the franchise. I think you would be laughed out of the NFL or NBA as a general manager if you had the best player in the world. He walked and he didn't get anything. It's just outrageous to me. Can you imagine if Otani leaves and they get nothing? So you didn't win with him and you didn't get anything for him. You'd never get a job again in any other sport. But baseball is quirky. There is no clock. There's their own pace. It took them forever to figure out basic speed of the game. It's just a different sport. It makes a fortune. It's about individual stats. We don't hold it against you. If you don't win, Ted Williams doesn't win. Tony Gwynn doesn't win. We don't hold it against you. right? We don't consider Derek Jeter, who's amazing. He's not considered the best shortstop of all time, even though he has five rings. He's certainly top 10. But defensively, we look at Ozzy, and offensively, there was Ripken had all that power. It's just the way the sport works. So I can't imagine as a general manager not winning with him and getting nothing for him. Yeah, I got to get one of those. If I won three or four World Series, or let's just say I got to the World Series and I was really, really good with Otani, and I fought like hell at the very end, and I lost him out, I got something for it. I rewarded my fans, my owner, the organization. We were sold out. But to never be 500 and get nothing for him, I'd be devastating. So to me, I'd move him. I would move him. Um, and also, you know, Mike Trout is a very, very quiet kid. You know, Otani is a global star. And, you know, you're seeing Otani start talking about, yeah, I don't like the losing part at all. Different backgrounds. Uh, Otani's has much more buzz around him. There's much more juice to his game. Let's be honest. He's more important. He pitches, hits with power, he can run. Uh, I, I just think, I think Major League Baseball would be better served if he moves uh, and is in the postseason. I say this all the time. Damian Lillard owes himself May and June on TV. Otani owes himself. <laughs> he owes himself to be on baseball TV in October. He's that great. He's an absolute legend. He's a little Mickey Mantle. Uh, he's a little, uh, Mookie Betts. He's a little Aaron judge. It, it, he's a little of everything, but Ichiro was happy in Seattle. Mike Trout, happy in Anaheim. I get it. I've seen it my entire life as a sports fan. Some guys just want to stay put. They don't want New York. They're not interested in New York. They want to make their money. 
They want to be around their family. They want good weather. They don't want the scrutiny. I mean, you see what happens to the Mets. You bring all these guys in. It's pressurized. They can't hit. What happens when you get tight as a baseball player? You can't hit. You can still pitch. You can be nervous on the mound and still throw 98 and have a cutter. But generally in golf, you get the yips if you're nervous. In baseball, you can't hit when A-Rod was in his head. So a lot of these guys, they just want their own space. They want to live in their own world. I would move him. I, I just, <laughs> he's such a remarkable player. I could not live with myself if I got nothing. The Nats did this with Bryce Harper, and then they learn from it, and then they get the next star, they move him and get six players. So at least that's what the staff told me. I didn't, I didn't count all the players. The staff said they got, <laughs> they got six guys. So that's where we are today. It, it is, um, I am rooting for Seattle to get perfect weather tonight. Of course, it's my hometown, right? Well, hometown. It's two hours from my hometown. So I want, I want it to be the greatest all-star game of all time. The greatest of all time. That's all wow. I'm root. I'm just. What is ro- the greatest one? The one that ended in a tie? No, that was the one that was a mess. <laughs> yes, I was joking. Well, there was. Didn't Ripken's final All Star game was a big deal? Um, yeah. Jeter had a home run. Uh, I think in C- did he have a home run? Where do in- you rank All Star game versus um, the NFL uh, game that celebrates Pro Bowl? Uh, the Pro Bowl and I think then the all, NBA All Star. I think they're all awful except tonight. I think the baseball All Star <laughs> game is the only one I watch. The rest of them are awful. Man, I'm just, I don't know what it is. There's just something about it. Like, I've said this before. I don't watch hockey a lot, but I think the best sports movie I've ever seen after Moneyball, the best sports movies I've ever seen is a baseball movie and a hockey movie. Baseball lends itself to books and literature and storytelling. And October. Yes. It just, that's what it lends itself. Football is, there's not a lot of good football movies. Longest Yard wasn't bad, but it's a lot of nonsense. Too early in the show to get into movies. Can, can I just give you one amazing stat about – you mentioned Ted Williams, and I just decided – let me look up Ted Williams. You know, one of the greatest hitters in the history of the sport. His entire career in the playoffs, he had 25 at-bats. That's it. 1946, and he had five hits. He had 200 in the postseason. Ted Williams. It has. That's it. it doesn't ding his legacy at all. How? That's mind-boggling to me. Because baseball's about – the baseball cards and memorizing stats and history. That's... It doesn't matter what you do in the postseason. No. Barry Bonds, when he was with the Pirates, I remember he had a postseason that was really bad, and it was like we still thought he was the most talented baseball player of his generation. It just doesn't matter. And that's okay. Every sport's different. In the NBA, I always think it's funny that Bill Russell has 11 titles, Jordan six, and we never include Russell in the greatest of all time. Because in basketball, flair and aesthetics and optics matter. Swag. It does. And Michael was great looking, and Michael had flair and hang time and unique abilities. Russell was kind of a defensive player. So in, in, in basketball, how you win. Jokic is the best player in the league, hands down. He'll never be the most popular. We'll never put him at the top as the best basketball will he player move, ever. Will he move sneakers, Jokic? No, at all. <laughs> and, and by the way, he's arguably has the greatest diverse skill set of anybody in league history. He's an elite passer. Shooter. I mean, he 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 shoots threes, twos, pass. I mean, he's literally good. He can handle the ball. He's much more layered than Shaq. But we consider Shaq to be greater because the power and there there is a um, there is an aesthetic reality to the NBA. The Dr. J's, the Iversons. There there's there's a cultural significance, and I'm okay with it. Everything's different. Basketball's got that. Football couldn't give a rip. Football's about winning. And then baseball is about individual stats and history. That's why there's so many great books and movies about baseball. 
So, um, you know, Otani, Mike Trout is, is can be, one of the top 20 baseball players of all time. Nobody cares that he's never won a playoff series. That's Nobody staggering. cares. But, it, but in football, it would be absolutely held. It's absolutely held against Dan Marino that he doesn't have a ring. It's absolutely. That's why Elway goes ahead of Marino, even though I think Marino threw a prettier ball. But Marino was the fourth quarter guy. Marino had the Super Bowl appearances. Uh, you know, it's just the way sports are. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Problems at Northwestern football. Talk about that before the end of the hour. Joe Burrow was talking about his star receiver, Jamar Chase, recently. I read this morning that he said, you won't be a great team if your best players aren't close. And that is why it's really, really important when you are drafting a quarterback to get the right personality. You want a Jalen Hurts. You want a guy that can be, you know, a leader, a worker. He's in the room a lot. He relates to players. It matters. Uh, Brady, Edelman, Gronk, Mahomes, Kelsey, Montana, Rice, all close. Ten total Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, 
Closest relationship he ever had, Super Bowl. By the way, Peyton Manning, Dallas Clark. Matt Stafford immediately connected at a high level with Cooper Cup. Super Bowls. By the way, Big Ben in his last seven, eight years was not close to young receivers. They struggled. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, we've got warning signs. Aaron Rodgers, last year, wasn't pretty. Didn't really connect with young receivers. Baker Mayfield, OBJ, never tight. Dad releases, OBJ's dad releases a video. Whether you like it or not, it said something. They never recovered. It never, Baker never really recovered there. So with Stephon Diggs, uh, Josh Allen, and Kirk Cousins, he has battled. And I've said this before. Uh, Cincinnati is unique. Kansas City is unique. New England felt unique. They were all guys. In the offseason, they'd hang. They'd go to the Kentucky Derby. They'd go to Vegas. they go to big events. They like each other. It matters. Companies are better. That's why they have company retreats and company picnics and company lunches. Companies hang out at water parks and golf courses so people can get along. It's a better environment. So Stefan Diggs is still in his prime, has tremendous value, but I think you notice that during the offseason, they're becoming in Buffalo. Look at the architecture. They went and got the best tight end in the draft. They now have two very good tight ends. They got a running back. They drafted another wide receiver that Josh Allen has already publicly said nice things about. So what does it mean? They're going to be less reliant on Stephon Diggs, who blew up with Kirk Cousins as well. It should be noted that once a relationship between a quarterback and a receiver goes south, I was thinking about it this morning. Baker and OBJ, T.O. and McNabb, Dez and Dak. You can't unsour the milk. You got to throw the milk out. And you're not getting rid of quarterbacks. So in most cases, the wide receiver leaves. As great as Jamar Chase is or Travis Kelsey is, if they were a problem, they'd be gone. So Tyreek Hill, you know, had some off-field stuff. Tyreek Hill wanted the ball more. Saw himself as the centerpiece of the offense. Kansas City moved on and won a Super Bowl without him. So I, I do think... There, it's going to be a very interesting. Does Buffalo have to take a step back, watch the Bills this year, run the ball with more consistency, target the tight ends with more consistency, try to become less reliant on Stephon Diggs? But I was trying to think this morning with the guys, once you have a relationship, quarterback, receiver, and it goes a little south, it's hard to get it north. It just, it, it is hard. Milk goes sour. It never unsours. I don't know what it is. I just couldn't think of one off the top of my head. I sat for five minutes, and I couldn't think of a single one where they went sideways, and then they reeled it back in, and they were great friends. Generally doesn't work that way. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. So at the, uh, my buddy had some friends over for the UFC fight yeah. on uh, Saturday. So good. One of them was a huge Bills fan. Like, he went, you know, he does the tailgating with Bills fans, jumping off tables yeah. and all that. And I said, hey, you know, I, I don't mean to bag on the Bills this much, but I, I see problems. He's like, yeah, I kind of do too. And he's a diehard Bills fan. They know what this dig stuff, it's, regardless of what they'll tell you on social media, the real Bills fans know something is afoot, and it is looking dicey. Well, bit. the good news for Buffalo, they've got the right quarterback. Uh, they went this offseason and went, and again, pursued young, talented offensive players. Uh, the other thing is, 
college football, probably more than any single position, furnishes the NFL with a lot of talented, good young receivers. So it's not like if you lose a receiver. I mean, Cincinnati's got three good ones. Kansas City, Tyreek Hill goes. They go and find him. There is a surplus. In the NFL, there's a surplus of one position. Wide receivers. Teams, and I, I talked to general managers about this. No team has three great corners. The Jets have two. It's virtually impossible. There's not enough good corners. There's almost no. Sauce Gardner is so rare. Walks in, shut down corner. Patrick Sertan. There's about four elite corners in the league. Eight great ones. The Bengals have two-star receivers. It's much easier to get a receiver than a corner. I don't want to go too off topic, but the reality is a lot of these wide receivers are from Florida. That's where like the, the, you're the hub of the great high school talent is. And I just wonder how desirable is playing in Buffalo if you grew up in the Deep South and warm weather all year round. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, that's something well, I have I to think, look into. I, I, I've always felt that if you play in Green Bay and Buffalo, they're unbelievable communities, oh, great fan bases. No question. But you know, players will say, "I'm sacrificing playing there." Sometimes you have to overpay a little, and Green Bay is very reluctant to overpay. So I, I do think in an outdoor sport played in the fall and winter. Guys like warmth. Guys want to play in warmer weather. You, you know, I mean, that's, I don't think... Human nature, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, guys like to play closer to home. I, I totally understand that. But I, I, I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves, by the way. You know, again, that's a winter league. Is that a free agent destination? Boston's got a great brand. Is that a free agent destination? Phoenix? Guys want to play in Phoenix. It's amazing. October to May, weather's really good in Phoenix. Yeah. I don't want to be there in August, but I but I do think <laughs> or there, <July. laughs> there is something about being a smaller market like Buffalo and Green Bay. There's some advantages to it. You know, you don't get as many players in trouble. You know, there's not a ton to do. It's all about football. Yeah. The downside is it's not, it's not usually the first choice for a lot of star athletes. Yeah. All right, let's go to the NBA where Zion Williamson, you know, he's been criticized for not always being in great shape. Uh, weight issues during his career so far. Well, he recently talked about his problems with Gilbert Arenas on his podcast. There are times when I will say that, man, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, hard it's hard, man. Like, 20, 22, got a lot of money. All the, it feels like all the money in the world, man. It is hard, but uh, I'm at that point now where because of certain things, I'm putting back, like, the wisdom around me, a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, I don't want to say older because they take offense to it. <laughs> and I'm just putting people around me with wisdom, put me on game to certain things, and just go from there. Not terribly uh, personally disciplined when it comes to stuff. Like, like I mean, I, I just think it's some – I always worry about this. Indifference, like Ben Simmons. Like, you can't solve indifference. If you're passionate and flawed, I can deal with you. I can work with you. If you're indifferent, it's over. It doesn't matter if it's in any business. Yeah. If you kind of like this business – but like you, you could work twi- two days a week and be happy. I can't solve that. Well, maybe you're not doing the right aspect of this business. You got into it for a reason. Maybe the love isn't in that particular area, and maybe you need to try this other area of the business. But like, not this- everybody loves their job. Some people who are even good at their job. I've asked Tony Gonzalez about this, the Hall of Fame tight end. I said, how many? What percentage of players love football? He said three percent. Oh, that's love. well. Okay, let's say it's low. 10, 20, 30. The bottom line is football's hard. Basketball's long. 
Not every guy in the NBA loves the game the way Steph Curry does. They don't. A lot of guys, by the way, are they're told how great they are. They get to the NBA and yeah. they're the ninth guy on the team and they just fall out of love or they get injured. They don't like the rehab. They they dominated as Zion dominated with power. Now they're asking him to have a mid-range game and a floater and play well, differently. And he's like, I don't want to do that. You bring up a good point, but you know, John Morant and Zion have something in common. They have not surrounded themselves with the best people. That's They've surrounded themselves like. with yes men who are going to tell them, oh, yeah, you're the greatest. Uh, ja, you can do whatever you want. Who cares what they say about a gun? Instagram, go for it. Like, Zion Williamson pretty clearly admitting that he doesn't have the right people around him. He's like, I, I, I need to get some old people around me, you know, and the ones with wisdom. Like, they've been there and... You know, if you like Zion, even look kind of beefy in that video. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I don't have a lot of optimism, and it's tough to tell Zion Williamson, who's making what twenty million a year. Hey, can you put down that third piece of creme brulee and, and maybe lay off and let's go to bed well, a little earlier and not like go out to listen, uh, slash the cash? Like, listen, that's tough. It is, and we've seen players eat their way out of the league. We've seen players um, like. Mentally, Simmons, Markel, Fultz couldn't shoot. Like, this stuff's hard. You know, I I, I was in uh, Vegas this weekend for a UFC fight, and I was staying at a hotel that had, like, five NBA teams. Uh, I saw all these guys. saw the Pacers, the Wizards. And the thing that always struck me is how old the coaches are and how young the players yeah. are. It's a lot of babysitting. Like, the the, the, the basketball players, international, domestic, they're, like, 19 years old in the summer league. They're 20, they're 21, they're kids. And so if they don't surround themselves with the right influences, it's harder. You don't have to worry about that as much in football because they come into the NFL at 23. They've been coached hard. Uh, you know, it, it's a different environment. You football. can be harder on the... Like, Nick Saban is a great example. He's, what, 70? He's gonna and he's bark. coaching teenagers. And he's barking at him. And guess what? I'm, obviously, some kids fall out of line, but like... He'll get rid of them. Exactly. Or they'll, you know, go to the NFL and nuke themselves. But I think you got you got to have a coach who's hard on him, you know? Hey, uh, I think that's hard in the NBA. I think there's a. I think, you know, in baseball you go to a minor league system. In soccer, it usually takes years. It's very difficult in the NBA. The coaches are all 55. The players are all 18. And the players are making more than the coaches. Well, and I, some of them are, but I think it's hard. I think you have to be more patient and more understanding, and you just have to build in. Got to build in. Some kids are not going to love the game. Some kids are not going to be disciplined. Well, get, get him out of there. Maybe well, get a spot for someone who does love the game. Well, but Zion's very talented. And you paid him a lot of money, but I mean, it's like. Yeah, if you build a company, not everybody's going to love it as much as the boss loves dude, it. Dude, at the big lead, I'm hiring guys to write for the site. I'd meet them. Within like two or three weeks, you could tell who loves it, who's jumping on stories but left you, and right, who's active and outgoing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to interview this guy. I'm yeah. going to do this. I'm, this guy loves it. He loves it. And then there's other guys just going through the motions, doing the bare minimum. But, and you know what? After a year, all right, guy, I gave you a chance. See ya. That would be great, but that's not the way the CBA operates. And once you have a player, you've got to, he's got to stick around, and then he gets a reputation, then you can't move him. It'd be much easier. You're paying a guy 32000 You're paying a guy in the okay. NBA millions. At the volume, you're paying guys more than 32000 yeah. This is back in the we day. We have but... one-year contracts, and if they don't like it or we don't, we move on. We don't bury anybody, but it's a one-year deal. NBA's got guaranteed multi-year million-dollar deals. It's much harder in the NBA. So you got to try to drill down and find out what on earth this guy's really about. What do they love? That's, that's on your scouting department in front office, That's right? why I always defend GMs when they ask uncomfortable questions. Do you love the game? What's your family background? Was your dad hard on you? Do you really care? Like, I'm going to invest millions in a 19-year-old. I'm going to ask those questions. You or am I going to have a roster full of guys that don't give a one rip? Of the, I, I, was re, I was listening to a podcast about interviews, and 
one of the toughest questions for people was, what's your relationship like with your mom and your dad? How often do you talk to them? Like you could tell a lot about a person by uh, what their connection is with their family. Oh, well, I don't really talk to my parents that much. I don't have a good relationship with my sibling. You know, you start saying that stuff. I I don't mean to come off harsh. That's kind of a red flag. Like why? Like what's going on? It is a red flag. You've got to do that with these 18, 19 year olds to find out if you want them in the building. Yeah. I think Zion. Anyway, let's move on. It's it's troubling. Yeah. Yeah. Damian Lillard. um, He wants out of Portland, obviously. Listen, the GM, Joe Cronin, he's saying a lot, Colin. I, I don't know. You take this in. Here's what he said about the trade request and finding the best deal moving forward. I don't feel that I did everything because I wasn't able to get done what we had hoped to get done. I mean, the effort being there, which it was, that's one thing, but actually following through and getting the result is a whole nother. And to that extent, I do feel like I failed Dame. Dame's obviously a very important person and player to us that, you know, what the rest of his career looks like matters to us and we care about that. And at the same time, we have to do what's best for us and we're going to be patient. We're going to do what's best for our team. Um, and we're going to see, you know, how this lands. And if it takes months, it takes months. Uh, by the way, the Blazers have not the most experienced front office. There are people in the NBA I've talked to that, you know, they, they think Miami is very experienced at pulling off these sort of deals. And they, they believe that Miami will get the better of the deal from a less experienced front office in Portland. Yeah. It'll get worked a little bit. Um, I, I, I just think you have... I, if I was the GM of Portland, I wouldn't talk much. I mean, I'm not hearing Pat Riley talk at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk much, and I think this is a little yeah. inexperienced showing. You don't have, you know, just say we hope. It, I, I would talk less. I would be much less willing to get in front of a microphone if I was a GM of the Blazers. I just looked him up. Great point. He's been with the Blazers for 17 seasons. Okay, he's been there for Dame's entire career. Yeah, he's probably been seeing him in the building at the facility. For over a decade. He's got like a relationship with him. That's going to make it tough well, for him he, to trade him. He, he should have seen this, Colin. Well, he you hasn't been the GM coming. for 17 years. No, no, not the GM no. for 17 years. With the yeah. organization, yeah. right? But uh, it, you're in the building. You're around the players. Like, he should have seen this by, like, the All-Star break. Hey, we don't look good. Well, I thought the Blazers made a mistake as an organization years ago, and we said it 20 times on the air. They had a duplicate player in C.J. McCollum, who I liked a lot. Yeah. He was Dame. Didn't defend much. Offensive leaning. They didn't break him up. It was small market thinking. It was everybody likes him. I would have moved. I said this 20 times. I would have moved CJ in his prime, gotten a good wing, one more game. So uh, the Blazers put themselves in this situation. 100%. Small markets tend to get super loyal. It's the only game in town. They don't want to offend anybody. And it's like big markets move off people. I mean, there's a story today. The Lakers are like, no, nah, we're, we're not going to give AD an extension. And he's their best player on most nights. Why? It's just different here. Fans are more willing to move off players. They understand the mobility aspect of big cities. Final story. This one's fun. Justin Jefferson, obviously one of the best young receivers in the NFL. So he was asked to list his top five quarterbacks in the league right now, Colin. Okay? Justin Jefferson said his top five was Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. Anyone missing from Justin (laughs) Jefferson's top five quarterbacks in the league? That's not fair. Not fair. He's being honest. Justin Jefferson, those are five of the best quarterbacks. You think he's supposed to put Kirk Cousins in there? You can't throw your guy a bone here? I mean, he's throwing you the football. I think he had him at six. (laughs) Yeah, that that was the move. So somebody asked Colin, hey, who are the five best guys you've ever worked with? And you leave me off the list. 
Well, I've only worked with think... four, so you'd have to be at least. No, you know. I'm talking in your whole career. I'm talking <laughs> dating back to ESPN at Portland and Tampa. Like, listen, well, Bob I know Costas, per... I haven't worked with, but I like him more. Is, is that to puncture our relationship? B- um... Bob Costas would not. None of those guys are Bob Costas. <laughs> Maybe Patrick Mahomes. I looked it up. Kirk Cousins, one and three in the playoffs. Five TDs, well, I, one pick. I can't crush a player for being honest. I can't. Justin Jefferson, I like his list. I think his list is excellent. His list is pretty good. It's pretty good list. But uh, you don't think Kirk Cousins is like, bro, Aaron Rodgers? Better than me right now? Rodgers coming off a bad year. Come on. You can't. <laughs> You're just... You don't think he's got any right to be a little peeve? I think Kirk Cousins has a sense of humor and, and self-awareness. And then be like, yeah, those guys are really, really good. And they've won Super Bowls or been to Super Bowls. I'm trying to teach my kids. Sometimes you got to lie. I think there's a time you got to lie. <laughs> oh, that's great. You tell your children to lie. Sometimes you've got to lie to say the right thing. Dad, that outfit does not look good on you. I want the truth. I want the truth. Sometimes you got to lie, and like this is the time to lie. All right. Well, that's quite a message for children. Uh, J Mac <laughs> with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best all-star game of any sport, in my opinion. Oh, the wonderful, the incredible Shohei Otani. They're in awe. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! And he got it! Oh, 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 what a game! Oh, go ahead, Julio! I know he wants to go to that all-star game, baby. Tonight, Betts, Otani, and baseball's biggest headliners take center stage in Seattle for the Midsummer Classic. It's the 2023 All-Star Game. Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern on Fox. He was viewed as a good college football coach, Pat Fitzgerald. He is no longer coaching uh, Northwestern. He has retained the services of a high-profile attorney. He's got a lot of years left on his contract, but Northwestern fired him yesterday. They're off a dreadful season. Uh, He's a former player there. I always thought he was respected, met him a couple times, liked him, always thought he did a really good job as a coach, but they've got a hazing scandal and multiple players, former and current, spoke up. The student newspaper broke the story, tip of the cap to them. Uh, Hazing in 2023 uh, seems like meathead stuff. I'm not a fan of it. I've never gotten better being terrorized or humiliated by people. I don't get it. I never have, Uh, but I could spend all day saying that. Pat Fitzgerald, though, claims he just didn't know Nick Saban would. Maybe that's why he wins more. As a head coach, you are required to know what 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds do on your campus because the parents have entrusted you to know. Those kids are overwhelmingly out of state, not just out of area code. I don't know everything about my staff. They're 40 and 50-year-old people with families. But if my staff was 17, 18, 19, had traveled across the country, a big sales pitch by me, you can trust your kids with me, I better know about some semi-marginal kind of sort of or extreme abuse, harassment, or hazing. It happened in the facility, a new facility, a really, really nice facility that Pat Fitzgerald is mostly in all day. I don't know what happened. You and I are going to disagree on this if you think hazing is cool. Have you ever been motivated by being terrorized, scared? Now, I know. I know it's football. Football's for real men. But I, I, got, I got news for you. A lot of guys play football, and they don't like it. That's why, like, 11 guys spoke up. All right? But it is your responsibility to know. Remember Rick Patino? I don't know anything about the brothel down the street. You got 13 guys on scholarship. Seven coaches. Every coach basically has a player if you count training staff you don't know young people talk they're bad at keeping secrets they're all over social media they're talking other people are talking come on every time a coach gets in trouble it's feigning ignorance i had no idea it's part of the deal to have an idea 
That's why you make seven, eight, nine million dollars to create the culture and avoid these sort of situations. It is a reasonable expectation, reasonable to know if there's hazing. That's reasonable. That's not that's not draconian. That's not overwhelming. That's that's a reasonable expectation that you would know of a decade long hazing situation. It's the hurt. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.